0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 52 called How Lovely the Mountain
1: So from the awake of the people's cry, nine comes an awake from God. He says, with a double emphasis, 52.1, awake, awake, clothe yourself in strength. You've been asking for my arm? Well, you need to clothe yourself in strength, O Zion. And that, many times, is a picture of the captives, but it can speak of the people of God in general. He says, clothe yourself in your beautiful garments, Literally, this could be, put on, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no more come into you. Now, when the Bible talks about beautiful garments, one of the main places in the Old Testament that that's pictured is in the garments of the high priest. And the garments were arrayed and they were laid out by God. And they were called the garments of splendor or the beautiful garments. You can write down Exodus 28 and look at it later. Aaron donned the robes of beauty though though he donned them as the high priest, he was an imperfect man. We all know that. Aaron was the brother of Moses, the first high priest of Israel, but he made his share of mistakes. And one of the biggest blunders he made was the whole golden calf scene. You guys remember when, you know, they don't know what's happened to Moses and they say, you know, uh, uh, make a God for us. And they they give all the gold to Aaron and you know, he, he shapes the golden calf, and then when Moses comes back, the explanation is, you know, I threw all the gold, what was it, into the fire, and poof, out came this calf. And, you know, one of the lamest excuses in the Bible, but we've all we've all come up with them before. That's the high priest, you know, so we can relate to him. But yet he wore garments of splendor. And the cool thing about us as, as believers is that you and I wear garments of holiness as well. We array the garments of splendor because we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yet in reality, there's some days when we look at ourselves and we look at our actions and we look at our thoughts and we look at our motives and sometimes the way that we respond and sometimes the way that we speak and we say, those garments don't fit this character. But the cool thing is that God doesn't see us that way. God sees us cloaked in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. And uh, this imagery of putting on clothing is used many times in the Bible. I want you to turn first to the book of Romans, Romans 13, all the way into your New Testament now. Romans 13, look at verse 12 with me. The apostle Paul is writing, and he says these words. He says, the night is almost gone, Romans thirteen twelve. the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside, and you're gonna see this analogy of laying aside the old polluted garments and putting on the new ones, written to Christians. He says, let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave, notice how this runs in now to behavior, properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, Writing to the Roman church, Romans thirteen, fourteen, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Now that's written to Christians, and the truth of the matter is when you put on the full armor of God, which is spelled out for us in Ephesians six, you are not literally putting on physical stuff. The the Roman soldier is the metaphor, the type that Paul uses, but he's not talking about physical things. He's not saying if the devil comes your way, you can take something physical and throw it at him, or you can you know clench your fist and put on a special uh, punching you know a boxing glove and hit him, and that'll be effective. Or, or the silver bullet, yeah, that's all I need. I'll load my gun with this, and he'll die. That's not how it works. It's spiritual armor for a spiritual battle. And literally, to put it simply, yet this is really deep, putting on the full armor of God is putting on God. And you might ask, how do you put on God? (laughs) That seems to be a rather strange thought, isn't it? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the image is you are endued with power. This is from the book of Luke, chapter 24. You will be endued with power from on high. In Acts 1.8, you shall receive, remember, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the image is when God comes upon you, when you are clothed with the power of God, all of a sudden you are ready for the spiritual battle. God is ready to endow you with the robes of righteousness, with the power of His majesty, but you have to go to the closet or the telephone booth if you like to think of superheroes. And you have to go through this change of clothing, if you will, every day. And how does one put on these robes of power from the Lord? Well, there's an intentional decision each of us need to make. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter four. Ephesians, so just keep going to your right. Pass up first and Second Corinthians, Galatians, and you'll get to Ephesians. Look at Ephesians four, verse 21. One of the ways that you suit up is with the belt. The belt is the belt of truth in Ephesians six. And here, Paul says in Ephesians four twenty-one if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus. That in reference to your former manner of life, Ephesians 4.22, you lay aside, here, here's now the garment analogy again, the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4.24, and put on, notice, the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. If you look at Ephesians 6, just two chapters later, just keep going to your right. Look at verse 11. Ephesians six eleven says put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. This is the way you stand firm by putting on the full armor of God. And then down in verse 14, the very first piece of armor, stand firm therefore having girded your loins with truth and having, here's the phrase again, put on the breastplate of righteousness. That is something that you do. You have to put it on. I have to put it on. But it's not physical, it's spiritual. So what are the spiritual things that you have that allow you to be clothed with the the tools, if you will, that God has given you? And the things are, I think, pretty obvious. It's what you're doing right now. This is how you put on the power of God. You get into the word of God. Have you noticed how much stronger you are after you dive into the word of God? Have you noticed how you come out of a Bible study with more insight, more nourishment, more strength? This is how you power up. This is how you suit up for the battle. You suit up in prayer. You suit up in worship. You suit up in fellowship. There's a number of things that you do, but they're all spiritual things. But we must put on the provisions that God has given to us because our flesh wants provisions too. Our flesh wants to be supplied and whatever you feed will dominate. That's why if you're struggling with a sin, the best thing that you can do is starve that sin and feed the inner man the things of the spirit. You dive, if you will, when you're struggling, maybe you're you're feeling a little bit dry or backslidden. The best thing to do is dive into the deep end of the things of God. Put on a bunch of sermons, a bunch of worship, and start to feed the things of the Spirit, and you'll find that those things will begin to be elevated in your life and starve that sin, and it will lose its power. Are you with me? Whatever you feed, it will begin to grow and dominate, and it can be your choice, If you want to feed the spirit, then that will begin to grow and dominate. If you want to feed the flesh, the flesh is more than happy for you to feed it as much. And it will gorge, actually. You know, we talk about people going on binges, right? We know about that, right? The flesh can never get enough. You can be full, but if that ice cream's in the freezer, you know, it's not about being full. It's not about need. It's about want, right? Right? That's the way it is. Now go to Colossians chapter three. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, keep going to the right. Go to chapter three and look at verse 10. You'll notice in these sections too that whenever there's discussion about this, what will follow is behavior. Colossians three, verse 10. It says, and have put on the new self, there it is again, who's being renewed to a true knowledge. Notice how knowledge is directly connected to the new self according to the image of the one who created him Colossians 3:11 a renewal there's always the, this idea of a renewing that happens through this clothing in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian Scythian slave and freeman but Christ is all and in all and so as those who have been chosen of God verse 12 holy and beloved Put on a heart of compassion, here's the behavior, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, notice, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Over and over and over again, you're gonna see in the Bible this idea of putting on the things of God. It is as intentional as putting on clothing in the morning. And so when you go through um, your morning routine and however your routine works, it really is inconsequential to this discussion, but you do have a routine. And you ought to have a spiritual dress routine as well. And if you don't have one, then there's an old saying, if you aim at nothing, you are bound to hit it. Make sense? So each one of us has a routine that we go through for the essential stuff, right? We got to put on clothing. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Well, it should be that much of a duh in our spiritual life.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. The next topic to dive into is the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade.
0: Even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally six to 12 weeks and you know what i mean there's a heartbeat there's everything's pretty much intact the only thing that child or that baby needs is time and nutrition it's fully formed
1: to listen to the walk in truth minisodes a step closer follow walk in truth on your favorite podcast app like spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast and more again follow walk in truth on your favorite podcast app
0: thanks for tuning in to walk in truth today Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get
1: updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now. Back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walking
1: Truth. So each one of us has a routine that we go through for the essential stuff, right? We got to put on clothing. I mean, that's just a no brainer. Well, it should be that much of a duh in our spiritual life. It should be I I can't leave the house without being spiritually dressed, and I must have a dress routine. And I must go through that routine so that I can be ready to face what I have to face. And it goes up another notch. For example, some of you are watching the Stanley Cup finals. Can you believe the Kings are on the verge of winning the Stanley Cup? Some of you are going, I don't even know what you're talking about. But if you know anything about ice hockey, the Kings have been the, you know, the stepchild out here in Southern California trying to play ice hockey, right? but now they're on the verge of winning the Stanley Cup and they're gonna do it because they have a great goalie. His name is Jonathan Quick and he is quick, man, with that stick. But he's got this whole clothing that he goes, he's got a dress routine. He puts on these pads, he's got the stick, he's got the mask, he's got the whole thing because you don't wanna get hit with that puck, right? And it's the same way in your spiritual walk, You've got to suit up with the things of the Spirit because you are going to have not pucks, but flaming, (laughs) you know what the Bible says, right? Flaming missiles coming your way, right? Those are spiritual as well. And so God has given you spiritual provisions for a spiritual battle. Go back to Isaiah 52. Look at verse two. We did one verse, praise the Lord. Important stuff though, isn't it? Isaiah 52, look at verse two. So we have to make a move, and I think that's why the emphasis here, is here um, in terms of the awake, awake. Clothe yourself, verse one. Um, clothe yourself, double put on, put on, literally. And then look at verse two. Shake yourself from the dust, Rise up, O captive Jerusalem, loose yourself, 52 2, from the chains around your neck. Remember, I said the captivity is a spiritual picture of people caught in sin, O captive daughter of Zion. If you have the NIV, it says, Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem, free yourself from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. New King James says, Shake yourself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, kind of like a queen ascending to her throne where she belongs. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. It's interesting, even though God is painting a picture of his power and his deliverance, yet he's saying to the people, get up and get the chains off of you. It's kind of like he's saying, the prison door is open, do you want to go out? Have you ever seen an animal that's in one of those little cages for a long time and the door gets open and the animal will not go out? And sometimes that happens with human beings that have been in prison so long they they want to get rearrested because they don't know how to live in freedom. Well, that's what God is saying. You've been in this captivity for so long, Do you want to get well, John 5? Do you want to be free? The door is open. I am making a way for you, but I want you to arise. I want you to loose the chains. For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing, verse 3, Isaiah 52, and you will be redeemed without money. Now, God is starting to hint towards this deliverance, this freedom that he will bring, but he says you were sold for nothing. That's a metaphor for passing from uh uh, ownership, one owner to another. And you could think of the captivity there. And notice you are, you will be redeemed, notice, without money. It doesn't say without cost. It says without money. And so Isaiah is beginning to hint at this redemption but he's saying when you will be redeemed it will not be with a price. Now when, when redemption happened throughout the Bible there was always an associated cost with that redemption. If I as a family member wanted to redeem something there was a cost to that. And God will pay pay a great price for the redemption of his people but that price will be laid out in the very next chapter that we will study which is the famous chapter of Isaiah 53 and we will see the astonishing price of redemption which comes through the servant of Yahweh, Jesus Christ. We were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from our aimless conduct inherited from our forefathers but we were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish the price was very high but the price is not money the price is blood more specifically the price is the death of the son of God that's how ultimate deliverance will come. And that's why there's a much deeper picture here than just 70 years in, in captivity, as, as awful as that is and being set free because you can be a person that tr- changes from Babylon to Jerusalem. You can be a person that was once a captive and now experiences a level of freedom, but you can still be in chains spiritually. You can live in America, have a granddaddy that's a pastor, you know, grow up as a so-called Christian, but not be free because freedom comes in relationship. Amen? With Jesus Christ. There's no other way to gain the freedom. There's no religious exercise that you can do. There's not a list of 20 uh, things that you, know, you don't do and 20 things you do that get you into heaven. No, you've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ. Therefore, glorify God with your body. For thus says the Lord God, 52, four. my people went down at the first into Egypt. These are the captivities that Isaiah had seen or had, had known of. First into Egypt, that first um, slavery, 400 years there in bondage to reside there. Then after Egypt came the Assyrian oppression when they came in 722 BC and they took the northern kingdom Now, therefore, what do I have here, declares the Lord. Seeing that my people have been taken away without a cause, this has been the pattern of Israel, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, who sprung from the Grecian Empire. At the time Jesus walked the earth, the Roman Empire was dominating Israel. In the early 1900s, it was Nazi Germany taking the Jews to the concentration camps, and you begin to say, what is the reason why these people have been persecuted in such an awful way? Why this sliver of land in the Middle East that was unoccupied, at least at the time that Hitler was doing his nonsense with the Jews, they weren't even in the land, yet he still felt this urgency to wipe them out along with many others. Why? The only thing that makes sense uh, for us who know the Bible is that this day are the people of God from which comes the Messiah of God and Satan's been against them from day one. And from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would come the Redeemer. And so he says, they take my people without a cause. Jesus said they hated me without a cause. Look at verse five, middle of the verse. Again, the Lord declares those who rule over them howl The NIV says they mock and my name is continually blasphemed all day long. New King James says those those who rule over them make them wail. And then the ESV says their rulers wail, declares the Lord. And continually all the day my name is despised.
0: You've been listening to how lovely the mountains part one on walk in truth. That's pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 52. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to part one when you follow walk in truth on our free living truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to our new mini sodes called a step closer. Walk in truth is on Apple podcast. iHeartRadio, radio, Spotify, player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, let's remember that the gospel is good news. And though we deal with spiritual warfare and we deal with our ups and downs, how lovely on the mountains are those who bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel is good news for all of us who fall short. That's all of us. Maybe you felt lately like you're captive to anger, depression, Maybe uh, pornography. Maybe you found yourself caught in some lies, and you're a believer, and you're like, what am I doing? Well, you're walking in the flesh, my brother, my sister. And look, it happens, but any habitual pattern of sin in our lives can be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit and by surrender. So don't give up, but go to your great high priest, confess, repent of your sin, and get it right, man. Because you can move forward, and these things can be in your rearview mirror in the Lord. Now I want to take a moment. It's Memorial Day, and I want to take a moment to honor all of those uh, great veterans who gave their life in service of our great country. You know, the United States of America is an amazing place to live, and as divided as we are and as confused as we seem to be on many topics, on many moral issues, uh, at least uh, well, I'll leave it there. There's confusion out there. We we have uh, people who have laid down their lives for this country, for our freedom, uh, for what the flag represents. And so let's take a moment to honor their memory, to think about cemeteries littered with crosses where men and women laid down their lives on the battlefield to fight against evil to keep us free. Now, we... As a country, we haven't been perfect, but I think we've tried to fight for the right things as a whole. And we remember those who gave their lives on the battlefield. Thank you if you're a, a, a veteran who's retired military or even in active service, we, we'd like to honor you as well. Uh, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And uh, let's just take a moment to pray over uh our veterans, and and families of those who lost loved ones. Father, thank you for all those who have served in the military of this great country, the United States of America. We cry out to you for our country. We pray that we would return to you, Lord. And we pray that those families who have lost loved ones in service uh, to our country, uh, that you would comfort them, that you would be with them, that you would bless them and keep them. Be gracious to them and let your face shine upon them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See you tomorrow.
0: And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 52 called How Lovely the Mountains. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a happy Memorial Day and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.